0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of our CX podcast here. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, continuing our conversation around CX governance, uh, but instead of accountability, we're going to talk about those who actually do some of the accountability holding, and that is uh, really on the sponsorship leadership side, uh, talking about our chief customer uh, customer experience officers and those in leadership positions. So, Paul, welcome back, and I thought this would be, um, as we talked about at the end of the last conversation, a good topic to, to continue to talk about. What does the leadership structure kind of look like? Uh, what does the, the potential operating model look like? So I thought we'd dive into that today. Fantastic. Awesome. So let's take a step back, and when we talk about sponsorship, what do we really mean by that in the realm of CX governance?
1: Yeah, you, you know, at some level, you've got to have executive buy-in to the idea that, hey, we're going to change the way we're doing things. We're going to move from more product-centric uh, type of company to a customer-centric company. And so sponsorship, you know, at, at, at its highest level really really means you've got buy-in from the CEO, um, and there are there are any number of people who would argue that the CEO is is you know essentially your chief customer officer um, who is you know they're theyre they're in ahead of all customer experience um, but you don't always have the CEO who's who's going to play that role. Um, you know if you've got a a, a starting a program starting up, you've got to have some sort of power and clout at some level of the organization and and, and that really probably needs to be at the executive level if you're going to make any traction and any real progress. Um, and so sponsorship is, is really, do you have someone at the executive, the, the, the executive table who, um, who can have, who is that sponsor and had brings to the table that power and clout to, to change what you're doing, um, and start making that pivot in the organization.
0: Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, it sounds important to have the sponsorship. Does it make or break CX within an organization to have a Single owner, or a group of owners, or no owner. To walk us through, you know, what the vitality of the success. What is that? What does that really look like? Or what's the impact there?
1: Yeah. Again, I I often hear people say, Hey, look customer experience is everybody's business you know we don't have an owner because it's everybody's business and then at some level yes that's true and yet on the another level people make decisions in organizations and there is accountability um, across the organization so the question is who and and how does that ultimately that all funnels up to the, the 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 ceo um when the ceo is not necessarily built in or there are certain parts of the organization that are interested in customer experience you still have to have that some level of senior executive that um is creating the accountability is mediating conflicts it's like you're customer your customer centric I'm customer centric and yet our metrics are diabolically opposed you have a you you've got a web uh, the digital pnl i've got the bricks and mortar PL, and yet our customers trans go across those how do i get those two groups to work together when they they really their commissions are different or you know um their metrics you know have them doing things that don't necessarily facilitate handoffs you've got to mediate those conflicts you've got to allocate resources across the company so that sponsorship is really about you know those types of things and in my mind it is make or break if you don't have executive buy-in to customer experience and that power and that authority to mediate those conflicts You're kind of dead in the water. You can you can do some some tweaking at the edges, but you're not going to meaningful. You know, you may impact some experiences, Mm -hmm. but not the overall experience.
0: Okay. All right. So you you talked about um you know I I mentioned this idea of the chief customer officer or chief experience officer. Let's talk about that individual um, and especially um, the difference between. Uh, What that person's role is versus like the CEO or maybe, you know, what another person that you would typically see at the C-suite. So let's start with what is a chief customer officer um, and why any specific reasons organizations would choose to put a CX leader in the C-suite compared to thinking just the CEO or, or someone else.
1: Yeah. So, and I've done a a ton of research around chief customer officers over the year, talked to dozens of them, looked at organizations, heard every argument, should I have one, should I not have one? Um, Again, a company doesn't need to have one, but a a CEO doesn't really need to have anyone in the C-suite, really, if you don't want to. They're accountable. A CEO is accountable for everything. So, you know, I find... I find the nature of the C-suite interesting these days. It's changing rapidly. There's chief customer officers, chief digital officers, chief security officers, chief content officers, you name it. And there's a a, a different flavor of of chief um, in the the C-suite. And I I think that's really a reflection of, there are a whole bunch of new capabilities. And ultimately your C-suite is about giving a, a, a chief executive officer capabilities that he or she may not have themselves to go deep into some sort of area. And so the reason you'd have a chief customer officer is, hey, I want someone with some capabilities that can build up or can who can build up those capabilities that I, as a chief executive officer on a day-to-day basis, may not know about or have a, a grasp of. And, and I want to in, invest that into someone who's in my inner circle, who's going to push that across the organization. That's why you have one. Is ultimately the CEO the chief customer officer? Absolutely, right? They're making the decision, but they're also the chief financial officer and they're everything else. But again, you're putting a chief customer officer in place because you want to do a deep dive into a capability or set of capabilities and move the organization and have that that power, that accountability um, um, happening um, at at, at the highest levels. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the role of the chief customer officer, I think there's four things that they're, fundamentally doing. They are um, the chief advocate for the customer. They're the ones who are walking in their cu- in the customer's shoes, they're listening to customers, they're understanding how customers perceive the organization and, and bringing that to the table at every, con- every, every way, shape, or form at every conversation that's happening. They're the only person whose mandate is represent the customer at every conversation. The second one is building capabilities. In order to be an authentic advocate for the customer, you have to listen to them. That you have to research. You have to be out in the field talking to them. There there is a capability around just that listening and research and analytics to understand how do customers perceive us and and what matters to them. Um, I think the third thing is teaching people to how to design customer experiences. I, I I don't, you know, we all design things. We design processes, we design policies, we design contact centers, we design technology. How do you design technology? There's a slew of tools and methodologies that help you empathize with customers and, and, and really think about what it is and how, you know, we talk, we've we talked about journey maps and personas and storyboards and, and diaries. We've talked a lot about those tools. And so a, a chief customer officer's role is to teach people Hey, there's a slew of methodologies that are probably going to get you to success um, um, more likely than not. And guess what? I'm also going to be listening to customers, so I'll tell you if you've succeeded. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, people put in you know, a new marketing system that's personalizing um, messages and saying, yeah, I'm customer-centric because I've got you know, personalized messages. I don't know about you but i i'm not particularly wowed by most personalized messages that i get um in in, in 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 the scope of the overall experience so again the chief customer officer's role is you know i'll teach you how to make great experiences but i'm also going to listen back because it's not guaranteed that what you what you think is going to create it is actually going to succeed mm-hmm. and then the fourth thing is really about culture change it's highlighting successes and shortcomings i'm listening to customers I'm seeing where things are working Mm -hmm. and I want to replicate that. If we're doing really, uh, you know, we we were recently worked on a client together, you know, 15 different business units. There was some great stuff going on in one business unit that you want to highlight and say, Mm -hmm. hey, we ought to replicate that across all 15 business units. In fact, we ought to bubble it up. We've got duplicated capabilities. We're doing things with different methodologies. Let's bring those together. So let's highlight who's doing it really well and replicate that. And that could be in terms of capabilities from a customer experience and, you know, listening perspective. It could be just, you know, account managers in different places. These, these guys are doing really well. Let's, 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 you know, make that, let's do more of that kind of stuff that that those guys are doing because they're driving great customer experiences.
0: Okay. So it's interesting. Um, it, It kind of feels like, with the, with, chief, with the chief customer officer, uh, it shouldn't necessarily excuse the CEO from doing a lot of these things, right? Especially like listening to customers. I mean, Steve Jobs, I think, was very uh, – people always saw him. He'd always go down to the contact centers at, in Apple support centers and actually listen to calls and talk with customers. So I think that is really any executive's role is to be able to understand customers, but at least allows, allows them to, to, like you said, those, those core areas – um, that so you can have a dedicated executive focusing on and driving, um, driving. Yeah. Great,
1: great exec, great executives do a ton of that kind of stuff, you know, and we've seen, you know, and, and jobs is a good example. I, and jobs is interesting because he, on one, on one hand, he, you know, he's often quoted as saying, I never listen to customers cause they won't tell you what they need. You know, and we go back to the Ford, Ford example. And yet what he was really, really great at was looking at what people did and, and, uh, you know, kind of understanding intent, uh, of what they did. I've seen any number of CEOs who, who get kind of the daily or weekly, you know, what's the hot thing of the, um, there's a client that we worked with, um, their their customer experience leader who's not a chief customer officer at this point um but but the company is fairly sophisticated at customer experience she on a regular basis i think it's like three to five times a week will tee up sort of one of the big issues that the company is having.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um you know might be a recording in a contact center it could be a recording of, of a website um, um, um but some sort of issue the CEO and 100 executives listen to, um, you know, the 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 customer issue at six o'clock in the morning, and by eight o'clock, the CEO wants to know the action plan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And so there's a constant kind of, what's going on with our customers. Um, how are we taking our insights and moving those to action? Great CEOs. I mean, I love it. Undercover Boss, in my mind, is one of the great customer experience shows. I thought we've made it now. We've got, you know, and it's both a customer experience and an employee experience um, kind of show. But you know, that's what CEOs ought to be doing: is going undercover and looking. The great CEOs do those kinds of things. Is they're going undercover and they're seeing, they're walking in the customer's shoes. Um, 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 there's actually a, a wonderful we'll added as a link to this, uh, the, this show, but, um, uh, discussion at Stanford business school between Walmart CEO and Pepsi's CEO, uh, at about minute 13, they actually discuss going into the stores and, and, and trying to walk through the customer shoes and, and feel what it's like, you know, um, um, as, as a customer in their own, uh,
0: uh in their own stores. Interesting. Yeah, I. Um, that's, it seems to be a common thread if you hear success stories, it's those executives that are most, uh, uh, they got their ear to the closest to the ground, um, that actually end up being more successful. So that's really interesting. So let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about, um, the backgrounds of CEOs. So where are they coming from? What, what type of skill sets are they bringing, uh, to be able to do those things in which you, you had identified? Yeah. So, you
1: know, when I first started looking at chief customer officers, I thought they were going to come from much more of a marketing background. And in fact, they're all over the board. Um, You know, there's as many people who are coming out of sales or quality operations, marketing um, and and really. Again, it's spread across the board. So I don't know that there's one good answer. I look at marketing folks and I say, well, you've got the front end up to sales, but you often don't have the operational skills to, especially in long purchase cycle, complex products, long life cycle. You know, marketing is on the front side and then and then has a, a weak point on the back side. And yet, marketer, you know, marketing is 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 tends to be more in tune with customers and the and the emotional and the creative side of things. So pros and cons. I see the quality folks being really in touch with operations, less, you know, but much more on the logical side, not on the emotional side where a lot of the customer experience lives. So, you know, I think there's pros and cons regardless in the C-suite, you know, typically the uh, chief customer officers have been at the company for quite a long time. Again, there's pros and cons for getting an outsider, but you lack the credibility, perhaps, if you're coming from a completely different industry, or you don't know where all of the the, the skeletons live. <laughs> so, you know, it, but you know, you got to have a, 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 you know, you're a senior leader. You've probably been at the company a long time, or if you're an outsider, you bring a lot of your own credibility in. Um, you've run things operationally in different parts, right? Customer experience tuts, touches every part of the organization. And so, you know, good chief customer officers typically have had their hands in marketing, have had their say hands in, in in field operations or, or, or contact center operations. They may be on the product side, but they've been involved with a lot of parts of the company. Mm-hmm. And so they can, you know, speak the language of those various different parts. Um, and then they've got to be charismatic. I mean, you've got to be passionate about this stuff, you know, and the words of one, chief customer officer, you know, I spend 50% of my time talking about things that are, you know, evangelizing the whole concept of empathizing with customers, you know, it's something that's so, um, it's so natural to me and so unnatural to other folks, you know, and, and, you know, they're spending 30 to 50% of their time just evangelizing what it is and what it means to
0: mm-hmm. you, particularly in your organization. So I think those are some of the, you know, critical, critical skills. Interesting. You know, you bring up the, on the marketing side, um, I had seen, uh, let's see, I think it was a Forrester, uh, maybe a point of view, talking about where CX should ultimately live. And they kind of advocated, or not necessarily advocated, but throughout this idea of, of it really living in marketing. And And if you don't have a chief customer experience officer, you might end up, it really, the owner or sponsor would be the chief marketing officer. Um, this may be a little bit of a rabbit hole, but let's talk. I'm, I'm curious about the idea. I didn't think so either. When I read that, I was like, ah, it doesn't. It, it's Because like you said, it's beyond marketing. It's beyond, um, it, it's, it's all encompassing. It's not just comp- parts, you know, like you said, kind of the front part and back part of, of the customer life cycle. So wh- what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious
1: yeah I, I, I think every organization needs to figure it out for themselves um again if it comes from marketing marketing has to really redefine its role from from acquisition to get into the weeds of of how someone uses a product how they get support for a product how they implement a product right there's a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of stuff that happens after and and, and again i i often see marketing journey maps that are the life cycle and they spend five steps on the acquisition part and only one step on you know one or two steps on on use and support when getting trained up getting mastery of a product um you know going from the beginning to the end um implementate right there there can sometimes be really really long life cycles so I, again, I think any, any, any role can be successful, but you've got to have a bre- breadth, you know, um, of, 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 knowledge across the organizations. Um, another consultant, uh, Gene Bliss talks about the power core within organizations. You know, to me, I think that's an interesting place to look is where does your power live, um, mm-hmm. in, in an organization, where's your, your clout and then emanate from there. Um, You know, I see in a lot of software companies a chief success officer um, that tends to be on the, you know, as software has moved to software as a service, a big piece of the experience happens after the sale. Um, It's implementation and training and support and, you know, add-ons and, you know, a whole slew of other things. In fact, you know, 85% of the revenue can be in a software as a service. You know, in, in in mature companies, 85% of your revenue can be from um, renewals and inorganic organic growth. You know, that notion of the chief customer officer or chief success officer emanating from there makes a ton of sense to me in account management. I would say most chief success officers are like customer experience officers. It's the same old thing, and they're they're not particularly mature yet. Mm. But in many respects, those things, you know, I think can be be very, 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 very similar.
0: Yeah. So one of the other things I want to talk to you about structurally um, before we get into what does it look, well, this could be a little bit in terms of the operating model under the chief customer officer, but, and we had talked about as we were planning this, what is, you know, what does that look like in terms of the organization and the the team that kind of drives customer experience? But then there's also the idea of, uh, what other functions might roll up to the chief customer officer? There's the big use case at USAA where the chief customer officer ended up. They reorganized sales and marketing to, and, and I think one other business function to roll up under the chief customer officer. So maybe we could talk a little bit about the organization structure of how that yeah. all, um, how, what kind of flows underneath the underneath the CCO. Yeah, so I I think there are three kinds
1: of structures you can have for for a, a, an office of the of of customer experience or a customer experience program. Um, at, at the most basic level, I you know I call it a, a center of excellence or an advisory type of model. It's a small, self-contained, very small budget, um, very few people. Um, and they're really an advisory role. They're trying to get best practices, get people on board and so forth. And, and typically we see that um, in smaller uh, or early stage customer experience organizations almost always take on a role of some sort of advisory or, or, or center of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, um, there's a, at the other end of the spectrum, I would, I would say there's more of what I call an operational type of uh, of, of customer experience program tend to be more mature, USAA is an example. So by operational, they've got chain of command over broad swaths of the organization. Mm -hmm. So the the, the vice president, the former uh, senior vice president of member experience, when they put him in place, um, he had sales marketing support in all the distribution channels. So contact centers, Retail branches, um, all all digital types of things. So, big part of the organization all flowed up to him. It was sort of an interesting triangle between CEO, COO, who was back office, and Mm -hmm. CCO, who was all front office um, intersections. So, and then in between that operational and advisory role is something I would call like a matrixed organization, where I may have pieces of it. You know, I don't have broad operational control, but I maybe. You know, I've got dotted lines, or we've got some shared um, uh, uh, metrics. Um, you know, so let me, so those three, kind of broadly, the three. I would say that in, and, and they kind of flow in a level of maturity. Your operational is are more mature. Your 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 center of excellence is the least mature. Um, regardless of the model. Under the, you're always going to have that notion of a customer experience team that's in the advisory role. Um, You know, there's certain people that you've got in there, program managers um, or project managers. You know, um, you're probably going to have some business analysts to be looking at, you know, voice of the customer. Um, You're probably going to have a communications or culture change person. Um, You know, as you get more sophisticated, you're probably going to get experienced designers, uh, ethnographers, or people could do qualitative in the field observations and research, um, different kind of skill set than the quantitative data driven type of thing. So those skills will go with you as you mature. what you may start adding on, especially as you get into matrix and then certainly in operational, is you know if you've got a lean six sigma team or some sort of process improvement, continuous improvement team, boy, those work really nicely together. Um, if you've got um, some sort of customer insights team. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's probably, you know, you probably want to consolidate that, um, you know, and I've seen customer insights teams run customer experience. I've seen customer experience run. Uh, um, in, in fact, I've got a meeting next week with a woman who's for a long time been a customer experience leader run. She's run this Six Sigma, Lean Six Sigma group, as well as the customer insights group. And that's a really neat kind of core triangle to have. Yeah. Um, and then again, you get into the much more operational, like like the USAA had, like a a number of other ones um, you know I would argue most chief success officers have some sort of
0: operational you know more operational kind of control okay great well I think that's where we want to wrap up today's conversation with the kind of the structure um, we kind of briefly touched on the the chief success officer and a customer uh, success organization I think um, I'd like to revisit that and kind of maybe dig deeper into what are the differences, what are the similarities? uh, But that'll be for a future episode. Uh, So I think this is a good place to to wrap up. So with that said, Paul, thanks for joining as always. And hopefully everyone, thank you for joining. Hopefully you got a good understanding of, you know, kind of the leadership role from a CX governance and how that fits in. um, And what does the organization start to look like under them? So uh, with that said, Uh, take care. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks at all.